Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian and Soon to be released, Gut Feelings. Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped for you all to read Gut Feelings. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, all the books, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we are giving away free signed books. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well. And every month, no matter when you listen to this episode, we will be randomly picking winners. All you have to do is leave the review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you love about the art of being well. And you can do it two, diff- two different ways. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review and we'll message you from there. Or you can go on over to Instagram and message me at Dr. Will Cole and screenshot your Apple Podcast review. Either way, you will be entered to win free signed books of your choice, either Ketotarian, The Inflammation Spectrum, or Intuitive Fasting. I can't give you gut feelings because it's not out yet, but once it's out, you can have that too. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into it. Every month, throughout the months, we intersperse. I'm trying not to say peppered because Holly says I said says I say peppered too much. I was just going to comment on that. I was going to say peppered in. (laughs) Interspersed came to mind. (laughs) Synonym for peppered. Thanks, Holly, giving me a complex. During the Ask Me Anything, we talked about that. Go back and listen to that episode uh, if you want to. It was in August. It's an August uh, AMA. Anyways, so we have different formats of the art of being well, different types of episodes. We have the what I would call regular episodes where I talk to one of my friends in wellness, and at the end, I'll answer one of your health questions and ask me anything. And then we have entire episodes devoted to your burning health questions, where you can send in your health questions and anything you want me to answer, I will. And then we have these beautiful episodes, which we are lovingly calling mental health is physical health. It's a major part of our clinic. It's the bi-directional relationship between our thoughts and emotions and our physical health. And the fact of really empowering people to realize that mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health and our brain is a part of our body. So what you're getting in these episodes is this duality perspective, this dual perspective of how we see brain health and that encompasses mood, things like anxiety, depression, fatigue, brain fog, and our physical health. So we see this play out every day, 10 hours a day, when we're consulting patients around the world. So what you're going to get in these episodes is an insider look at our functional medicine telehealth center, 
and what I would call a case study or an insider's tips and tricks into healing and feeling great and improving your mood, improving your hormones, improving your mental health. So the experts that I have here with me are looking at both sides of that coin. We have how physical health impacts mental health. We have Andrea, who's our chief functional medicine practitioner. She's functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She is extensively trained in all things physiological and how it impacts the psychological. And we, on the other side of this conversation, we have Candice, who ha is a brilliant expert in the, how mental health, mental, emotional health, and spiritual health impacts physiological health. So I'll let, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I mean, I basically did, but did. let well, me. We can say hello. Hello, everybody. We're back. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so Candice, you're, tell everybody what your background is just so people can know. Yeah, I've spent years studying human development as well as mental health and, and all aspects of that and really coming to that through my own mental health and wellness journey. So I spent a lot of time working with cognitive behavioral therapy and I also am a coach as well. So like mm -hmm. going through those different certifications, I really love music. So I'm side note, I'm a mm -hmm. certified, do you know this? I'm a certified yes, drum circle facilitator. I, I think I knew which this. Which is a funny like side yes. fact. So I, I've worked with music and healing, sound healing, sound empowerment. So just all different modalities, getting into movement and how that impacts our mental health as well. So yeah, all of that stuff. I love that. So again, Candice is really showing this beautiful other side of this coin of how mental health impacts physical health. And we talk about somatic experiences and different modalities, and we're gonna teach you one in every one of these episodes. We're gonna teach you physical health, things, physiological, how it impacts psychological, and psychological, how it impacts physiological. So let's dive in. These are granular conversations. These are focused conversations. We're gonna stay very focused on one specific aspect. So the caveat to today's conversation is there's a lot of variables that we could go down rabbit holes. Is that the phrase rabbit? I always say rabbit trails or rabbit holes. What's it's a rabbit hole? Rabbit hole. I think so. Do you need because they're deep and they're they're, de they're deep underground and it's hard to track them. <laughs> and random fact for your day. See, but what's Depth is there? Uh, I don't want to digress. Anyways, I'm proving <laughs> I'm literally proving myself wrong right here. So I want to say focused. I want to. There's a lot of variables to consider when you're talking about the art and science of what we do in functional medicine. So keep in mind, we're going to stay focused on one specific aspect of this. So today we're going to talk about a specific topic of histamine intolerance. Histamine intolerance or mast cell activation, MCAS, these are things that we see at, on a hourly basis when we're talking about thousands of patients over the years. And it's an underlying thing that's often gets, it often gets missed in this conventional standard model of care for people that are going through brain health, mood health, hormonal type symptoms. So let's define this first of all, and then what the heck we do about it. I'm, we're going to give you all the things that we've seen work amazingly for people that are struggling with histamine intolerance. So histamine, histamines are chemical messengers are basically a product of our immune system. They're a normal part of the immune system, but you need just like anything else in the body, homeostasis. It's the Goldilocks principle. You don't want excess histamines. You don't want a deficiency of histamines. You want proper measured histamine response. What we see clinically in a lot of our patients around the world are struggling with histamine that's that's too high for too long, and that's really creating a lot of problems in the body. Some common symptoms of histamine intolerance are things like anxiety, depression, mood swings, people that are struggling with brain fog, fatigue, digestive problems, and then, of course, the most, like, general, like what people go to doctors for with histamine issues are skin reactions, itchiness, and flare-ups like that on the skin. But the reality, histamine intolerance is so more far-reaching than just skin. I mentioned specifically within the conversation of today, we're going to talk about the anxiety, depression, mood swings, brain fog, and fatigue, the brain health side of it. Yeah, oh, great point. Thank you. Want to talk about that? Yeah. So another thing that we see really often with people who have histamine issues is headaches or migraines. So they're eating something, they're having something, and immediately they're they can have that 
pain within their head and it can turn into a migraine or sometimes it's just a general isolated mm-hmm. headache that they're dealing with based off of that. Yeah, great point. And it's so brain health related and I, it's a great, great thing to mention here. So anybody that's going through those things, am I saying everybody that has these symptoms have histamine, has histamine intolerance? Absolutely not, but it is an underlying driver of it. So we need to rule it out for people that have these persistent things. So context matters, health history matters, but what we would do to test for this, let's start there. We would test diamine oxidase in the blood. We can measure histamines in the blood and quantify somebody that has histamine intolerance. We would also look largely at their immune system and what white blood cells are doing. We would look at neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils as well. We would look at other inflammatory proteins. And then ultimately, histamine intolerance doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah, and we also, I think something to point out too is like Dr. Cole had said, histamines are normal. You should have them. They are going to be in your body. But one of the biggest issues that we see too and we test for is intestinal permeability or leaky gut, which can lead to an increased histamine reaction too. Right, yeah. So I was going to get to the larger reasons why someone has histamine intolerance. The first set of labs that I just mentioned are kind of like, okay, what the immune system is doing. And then we have to ask the question, why is the immune system doing what it's doing? So like Andrea mentioned, looking at the gut, one of the most common drivers of histamine intolerance, or I should say implicated in it, is increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut syndrome. Things are passing through the gut that shouldn't be able to pass through the gut. And that triggers this cascade of an immune response in the body. SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, extremely common to be implicated with histamine intolerance and mast cell activation. And mold toxins, people that have high mycotoxins in the body can trigger this cascade of histamine responses in the body. So these, again, are labs that we run for people around the world. And we put that into perspective with context of their health history to quantify not only what is it histamine intolerance, but also what's driving that histamine intolerance. That's important because ultimately we want to deal with what the upstream root cause is so we can calm down that dysregulated immune and nervous system response. Typical children's vitamins are basically, let's be honest, candy in disguise. They're filled with teaspoons and teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals sometimes, and other gummy junk growing kids honestly should not be eating. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are filled with all the sugar and can contribute to a variety of different potential health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes really great and is perfect for picky eaters. And I have to say, I have two pretty picky eaters, my son especially, and he freaking loves Haya, has it no problem, and never forgets to take it because it tastes so good. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with the yummy taste they actually love. It was formulated with the help of nutritional experts. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others that I see, honestly see low on labs with patients all the time. And they are essential to support a healthy immune system, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and so much more. They are non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, has nothing that you don't want and all the things that you do. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Will Cole. This deal is not available on their regular website, so you have to go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash Will Cole and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I've just about seen it all when it comes to superfood blends. Some are honestly really great with high quality ingredients, but a lot are cheap and not very good to be honest or worth your money. But one new superfood blend that I recently heard about, started trying and love, something called Metabolic Reds. Metabolic Reds packs 37 superfoods into one delicious berry flavored scoop that you mix into a glass of water and drink just once a day. Super convenient and super effective. Basically, it helps you start your day off right, feeling amazing from the moment you leave home in the morning until you're going to sleep at night. 
It contains high-quality blends of antioxidant-rich organic red fruits, soothing adaptogens, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for your gut health. And together, these superfood blends help support a healthy gut and digestion, healthy weight management and metabolism, healthy immune system, healthy heart, healthy aging, all the things. Metabolic Reds is one thing you can fit into your lifestyle that's super convenient and very effective. It helps melt away that stress, making you feel more relaxed and focused so you're more productive. And right now, you can try Metabolic Reds risk-free and get a free bottle of their incredible sister product, Metabolic Greens. You can eat your greens and reds all together. All you have to do is go to getreds.com slash willcole to place your order. You're getting two amazing products for the price of one, but only while limited supplies last. So head on over to getreds.com slash willcole to purchase your supply of Metabolic Reds. Again, that's getreds.com slash willcole to order Metabolic Reds today and receive your free gift. Let's talk about how it impacts brain health specifically. Because it's a chemical messenger, the brain is rich with these H3 receptors, these histamine receptors. And basically histamine acts like a neurotransmitter. So it can really throw off and alter neurotransmitters like GABA, our anti-anxiety pathways, our anti-anxiety neurotransmitter, which works on anti-anxiety pathways. Dopamine, serotonin, throwing off Neurotransmitter imbalance is the pathway in which histamine can throw off our mood. So this can show up in things like anxiety, depression, brain fog, fatigue, mood swings, feeling irritable, feeling that wired and tired, like anxiety. It can even drive panic attacks as well. So this is the mechanism that's involved. And then this really drives up this sympathetic fight or flight stress response, impacting the nervous system tremendously. So the person's Stuck in this hypervigilant sympathetic response, this is the stage it's set. What, let's talk about the physical health impacting mental health first. What are some clinical pearls that we've seen really be a great needle mover in healing these people? Well, I think there's multiple things that we can talk about when you're dealing with histamines. And again, it's symptom management while the body is healing. And one of the first things that we do look at is diet. So obviously going on a low histamine diet. And people react differently to various things, just like they when you're talking about FODMAPs or when you're talking about dairy or everybody has different tolerances. So when we say histamine, I don't want anybody to go out and be like, I'm cutting out all histamines because I have headaches. And one of the things that I like to point out is that you can experiment with this. There are some higher histamine foods that are incredibly nourishing. If you take bone broth, for example, so you could take bone broth that's going to help with healing the gut so that you don't have a histamine issue, but it also can be high in histamine. So lower cook times, uh, allowing the histamines not to build up, not freezing it right away, not letting it sit in the fridge for long periods of time. So you can always assess food. So that's you want what, to freeze it right away. Yes, you do. Yeah. Because then that way, because what that's going to do is it's going to cr- stop the process of creating more histamine in that food. That's mm-hmm. the same with any leftover. So it's not saying you can't have leftovers, box them up, put them in your freezer. And that's going to allow you to have that Mm -hmm. space to have leftovers, but not have them sitting in your fridge accruing histamine issues. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that we do. You can eliminate higher histamine foods. This could be anything, especially fermented foods. You see this with people who have sauerkraut, pickles, even anything, kimchi, kimchi, anything that's fermented that you can see that issue. Basically anything that's left out, friends. So like canned meats, cured meats, dried meats, you mentioned pickled, fermented foods. Mm-hmm. Those all can be higher in histamines. Anything else they should be looking out for? Yeah, so food would be one of those things. And then also- che- che- Sorry, cheeses. That's a common one. Yes. People love their cheeses. That's another <laughs> one. Oh, that's a, always yeah. reminds me of that meme. Sorry, not to get sidetracked. You guys know that it's like <laughs> celiac, definitely avoiding gluten, having, you know, nuts and seeds, definitely can't do that. going to cause gut issues. Cheese, give me cheese ravioli, extra cheese, <laughs> put all the cheese. Yes. And then you add the histamine. Yeah, response don't on get top in between it. people and their cheese. Yeah. It's, I, I was surprised you brought it up. Yeah. But so yeah, so spin- cheese could be one of them. Spinach, too. there are not only high histamine foods, there's also histamine liberators or hist- yes. foods that, trigger histamine release in the body. So, I mean, look at other foods like spinach, tomatoes, eggplants, avocados, Mm -hmm. olives, beans, legumes, 
So again, caveat, we're not saying these foods are bad. These are completely healthy, nutrient-dense foods. But even healthy foods, what works for one person at this point in their journey may not be right for you at this point in your journey. So we Mm -hmm. need to heal from this so you can reintroduce these foods. Exactly. So that's what we do with patients. This is sort of the, the science and art of what we do in functional medicine and the podcast. So sorry, Andrea, for... No, you're fine. Interrupting those were, you. No, those were great things. So what are some, obviously, if somebody has SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or has mold toxins, yes, they have to deal with that. And that's a really a different conversation for a different episode because yes. it's a whole other rabbit hole. There you go. Not rabbit trail. Yes. I've been saying that wrong way too long. Okay. It's okay. You've peppered it in. <laughs> 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 All right. So <laughs> so that's a different conversation for a different episode. I'm not yes, going to get into that, which we have talked about it in past episodes. So you can go back and check SIBO conversations and mold toxin conversations. But we're talking about specifically degrading and bringing down histamines. So food is going to be one of the primary things that you can focus on. Supplements are also something that you can focus on. There's different types of supplements because when you're dealing with histamine, like Dr. Cole had mentioned, you're going to have these in your system and you need these in some capacity. Part of the problem can be the body's ability to break these down. Part of it can be an enzyme issue. So we use different things depending on the different situation. If someone is experiencing histamine issues, a lot of times we can start with something super simple. So one of the things that we recommend is going to be vitamin C and specifically liposomal vitamin C we have found to be incredibly effective. This is going to help you produce more of the DAO enzyme to help break down the histamine. It's also a really great antioxidant. So you're thinking from an inflammation standpoint, that's going to really help too. And it's not necessarily like a DAO supplement. It's a supplement that's going to help the DAO enzyme break down the histamine. Mm-hmm. Different mechanisms call for different things. I also think we so another one we use regularly is quercetin. And mm-hmm. this has multiple uses across multiple different things that you can use quercetin for. Mm-hmm. But this is really going to help stabilize that cell membrane, especially for those that have mast cell. And that's going to be a big issue that you see when you're talking about patients that have histamine issues is that the body is just stressed out. And when you're seeing the body stressed out, that's one of the things that we can, what quercetin does is it helps it from spilling over that extra histamine load into the surrounding tissue, which is really where you're going to see that inflammatory response. So Mm -hmm. aside from actually using a DAO supplement, the liposomal vitamin C and the quercetin are also going to be really beneficial and helpful too. Absolutely. So both of those that Andrew just mentioned, I mean, vitamin C is an antioxidant. A lot of times vitamin C are, they're blended with other flavonoids, They which quercetin is a flavonoid. These things are found in food. So think different fruits and vegetables will naturally have quercetin vitamin C. So bringing these into tolerance to the ones that work for your body right now, when someone has a sensitized immune system, even things that are low histamine can still be reactive, but bring in what your body's tolerating right now that endogenously includes vitamin C and quercetin, and but also therapeutic doses as far as what's in the scientific literature can be definitely helpful. Like Andrea mentioned, vitamin C and quercetin both help to increase diamine oxidase and inhibit mast cell activation mm-hmm. and also inhibit histamine release and work on the actual cell membranes as well of these these immune cells. So extremely important, and both of them are anti-inflammatory. They're helping to balance Th1, Th2, basically the modulation of the immune system, help balance the immune system. They help to lower different interleukins, TNF-alpha, I mean, uh, uh, so many different uh, immune-mediated inflammatory pathways these things work on. So it has, I guess my point here is that has far-reaching benefits to things beyond just improve supporting the immune system in a beneficial way. So very cool things. Dose start off low and slow, work up. Does are we saying everybody needs these things? No, that we're talking about people that have histamine intolerance that can benefit from these things. Yeah. When it comes to therapy and psychiatry, getting the help you need has never been so simple. When you're able to access your provider from the comfort of your device, wherever you're at, it means mental health care can be on your schedule. And alleviating the wait times to get an appointment or the travel time to an office can free up time for the rest of your life. 
Talkspace is so convenient and accessible. It helps my patients feel supported around the clock. When I'm consulting patients from my functional medicine telehealth center, we oftentimes collaborate with mental health experts and my patients that use Talkspace really love it. I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. I do functional medicine telehealth, and what Talkspace does is telehealth for the mental health space. Talkspace is mental health care that meets you wherever you are. It simplifies taking care of your therapy and psychiatry needs because it eliminates the need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. Plus, instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send text messages to your therapist to let them know the issues you're facing in real time. It's mental health care made really easy. As a listener of The Art of Being Well, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use code ABW, that stands for Art of Being Well. So use code ABW to get $100 off your first month and show your support for The Art of Being Well. That's ABW and Talkspace.com. Have you heard about Green Chef? Man, my family and I have loved Green Chef for a long time. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. They've expanded their menu, my friends. You have to check this out. They're going from 24 to 30 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. So for example, you can order vegan one day and keto the next, and you can also add in extra meals in just one click. They're offering more customization than ever before with three newly flavorful protein choices on the menu. Swap the protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon, for USDA-certified organic ground beef, USDA-certified organic chicken, and wild-caught sockeye salmon. Go to greenchef.com slash willcole135 and use code willcole135 to get $135 off across five boxes, and your first box ships completely free. Again, that's greenchef.com slash willcole135, and that's the number is 135. And use code WILLCOLE135 to get $135 off across five boxes. And your first box ships completely free. Also, we supplement with... DAO. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So DAO is more for if you're going to be eating an external source of this. So if you're going to be having foods yeah, that you're worried about a histamine response for, we can have patients take them with meals that could potentially cause a reaction for them. And what this is going to help your body do is to break down the histamine that's entering through the food. And you want again, to have histamine in the body. You just want to help support the body's ability to break these things down. So by taking the DAO, it's going to help support while you're eating, which is a good mm -hmm. thing. So then some people don't have to avoid some of those foods because they have the external support through the supplementation that their body is lacking internally with the ability to break down at that point for mm -hmm. whatever internal reason is happening and contributing to that. Mm -hmm. And DIM is another compound too that can help stabilize the immune system. So that would be my top picks, I guess, for someone that has mast cell activation syndrome or histamine intolerance would be DIM, vitamin C, quercetin, and then DAO, like Andrea mentioned, if someone's having a high histamine or histamine liberating food. But ultimately, we have to deal with what's causing the dysregulation of the immune system and the nervous system to begin with, which we talked about this physiological side of this conversation. We're talking about mold issues, SIBO issues, but there's the psychological side of it. So in comes Candace on her side of things. When someone's under stress, that raises cortisol, which activates more histamine release. So when someone's going through a stressful life event or is, or is living out past trauma in that sympathetic fight or flight, hypervigilant mode, 
that is a psychological stress that's impacting their physical health. So, and sometimes people have both. Imagine that. They could have SIBO, mold toxins, and stress and trauma in their current life. So it's both sides of the coin. That's what these episodes are about, have to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like the example I had, we had actually talked about it the other day. I'd read this and I I felt like it was a really good example for people to not really tear down the actual physiological issues that someone is having, but also help them with the mindfulness aspect of it, that there is this mental emotional component too. And the example I was talking with Dr. Cole and Candice about was, and I'd read this and I'd listened to it and I thought it was such a good thing and I've been using it with patients. If you have a broken ankle and you go to stand up off the couch, your ankle is going to hurt. And that's your body telling you, hey, don't do this. This is going to prolong damage and you're going to hurt yourself. Now, if you put a tiger in the room with you at that point in time and you go to stand up off the couch with that same broken ankle, you're actually not going to experience any pain because your brain has determined that there is a bigger threat to you at that point in time. And that's how we know pain actually starts in the brain and why you're able to move past those serious things that can come your way and your body can override that doesn't take away the physiological issue. The ankle is still mm -hmm. broken. Your body's just allowing you to remove yourself from danger quickly. Now, if you do that to that person every day for a year and you put them in that room with a tiger, not only do you still have the physiological issue, but then you're also creating this neural pathway of over-communication and over-threatening your body, which then at that point in time, you have now created way too many times that this has happened and your body is going to respond exponentially. You could even see a picture of a tiger after that point and you can experience pain or fear or threat because your body has been hypersensitive to this. And I think that's really where Candace can speak to how to get your body out of that state and to recognize that that's even happening. Yeah. So setting the stage for the physical health or the psychological health, mental health impact and physical health, again, just to repeat myself, when someone's stuck in a stressful life event, they're going through stressful time in their life or past trauma, that is raising cortisol, which is raising histamines. It's perpetuating that release of this chemical that's acting like a neurotransmitter and throwing off neurotransmitters as far as the alterations of GABA, serotonin, and dopamine. So what can we do in this we're gonna, circumstance? We're going to take a rabbit trail, I think, because we're not even sure what they are. But to me, I'm, the rabbit comes out of the hole and goes on a trail. Yeah, and So you don't want to follow it. It's true. And it's guys, a well-run it's, it's definitely pathway. rabbit hole. <laughs> It is, but there are rabbit trails, I think. I don't know. So either way, we're going to think about these neural pathways that Andrea was talking about as rabbit trails. They're so well run in the brain that they are, they, the, it happens so quickly that these chemical responses over time, it's even more rapid. That's what you're referring to, right? And so as symptom, like we want to look at symptom management as the body is healing. Mm -hmm. We do this on the mental health side by really coming to a place where we can guide patients to a daily nervous system hygiene. I don't know, you want to call it a diet. Mm -hmm. It's just as important to have these interventions or practices in place that support yeah. the nervous system. I call them metaph metaphysical meals and in, in intuitive Ooh. fasting. Yeah, I love so, that. So they are just like you have physical meals. We talked about foods that have these flavonoids, quercetin, vitamin C, but- these are metaphysical meals. These, so, yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that we commonly recommend to patients is DNRS. I had to go slowly because I want to always switch the two, but it's dynamic neural retraining system. And the reason we recommend this is because it is, you're actually able to work with your limbic system. You're actually able to go to the root of mm -hmm. some of these, like these rabbit trails, these chemical mm -hmm. pathways that are so rapid and you're actually able to work with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and actually the really cool thing for patients that have like mast cell activation and migraines and all of these things, those things can become opportunities to practice. And over time, patients can start to see symptom flares as an opportunity. Because one of the things that DRNS works with, so many techniques involved, uh, CBT, mindfulness, cognitive restructuring, emotional restructuring. It works with a little bit of a NLP or neural linguistic programming, behavioral mood therapy, all of these different things. Mm -hmm. But CBT specifically, it's it, it deals with unhelpful thoughts. Mm -hmm. And unhelpful thoughts are sort of the mycotoxins, the what is what do you call it when something escapes out from leaky gut? <laughs> but, well, I mean lipopolysaccharide, bacterial toxins. Sure, one of those things. Yeah. Unhelpful <laughs> thoughts work this it's the, the emotional same thing, right? emotional toxins. 
things. Yeah. yeah, they and they really truly are. So what you're able to do over time is you start to work with the idea of I'm able to observe what my brain does. I'm able to observe the fact that pain does start in the brain. Well, once you're able to pull back and start to understand that, you are able to start to get in to break off that rabbit trail, right? Mm-hmm. Like you may, you're able to have conscious choice. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the mindfulness practices and things like that, that's why we are always recommending those because that is that first step. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to recognize your thoughts first off. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you can then make a decision about, is this thought even helpful or not? And I really, really want to say unhelpful or helpful. I think it's a very non-judgmental way to think about our thoughts and feelings because a lot of these thoughts and feelings that we have are natural reactions and controlled by our gut as well, because there's that physiological component that the gut is sending signals up to the brain, right? Dr. Cole, and not all the thoughts are your own, your cravings. So when you are in this battle with your thoughts, you're adding weight to something that's already difficult. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I have to say, when I'm looking at patients' labs and we're troubleshooting issues like fatigue or brain fog or cravings or sleep problems, one of the most simple and effective ways to turn those things around, a tool within your toolbox, if you will, is making sure you're getting healthy amounts of salt throughout the day. Healthy sources of salt are great sources of different electrolytes like sodium, potassium, magnesium, a lot of trace minerals. A salt that I love is Kalima sea salt. Kalina sea salt is soft, moist, and crunchy. It's a great finishing salt for steak, cookies, and whatever you want. It's free of ocean-borne microplastics, and it's harvested from the Kalima salt flats in Mexico. You'll be supporting the Salineros by purchasing hand-harvested and sun-dried salt so you don't lose any of its natural minerals. This is fascinating. It's only able to be harvested in the dry season, so sometimes they run out. There's no added fluoride, iodine, or anti-caking agents. It's completely pure. Instead of just making your food salty, it enhances the flavor of the food. It's a subtle difference that makes all the difference. So check out drwillcolesalt.com to get your first bag of Kalima sea salt absolutely free. You only pay for shipping. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E-S-A-L-T.com, drwillcolesalt.com to get your first free bag of Kalima sea salt absolutely free. I love this perspective of it. And just to recap something Andrea said, or sorry, the Candace said, we integrate DNRS within many of our patients' protocols to deal with this mental health impacting physical health side of things. So you're, I think, observing and having a non-judgmental observance of your thoughts and emotions, not judging it, and start to retrain the brain. So what does that look like? Is it a daily practice? How much time do we need to put in for this? Yeah, it's a skill. It really is a skill. And I, I love being able to share this because once you recognize that this isn't something that's really abstract. It's just a daily practice and a skill. You will get better at it. And Mm -hmm. the more you are able to work with your thoughts and feelings, the deeper your healing can go. You have to open that door. One of the first things that I learned when I was in so much pain, so I was in my early 20s, I was in so much emotional pain that it was hard to function Mm -hmm. daily. And when I went to the first therapist that taught me how to do CBT, you know, one of the first things that he shared was, you have tolerated this pain all of these days. It does feel insurmountable. It does feel like your life is ending, but it hasn't yet. And so building that tolerance was one of the first steps, but I had to do learn those signals of when my body was starting to get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. before I could even go into the thoughts. But for our patients with this mast cell activation or histamine intolerance, they're there all the time. Yeah. You know, so what do you do in that case when they're always in that, that state of arousal, you have to help them walk through that. So one of the, one of the like interventions, quick intervention tools, and who would like to do this? I'll do it. You're going to do the first one. I'll volunteer. So this is something that someone could incorporate into their practice. They could. And this is something that they could do like in the moment when they notice that they are feeling very upset because we, when you are in that hyper aroused state, it is not the time to try to solve 
a problem. Yeah. But that is what the heightened nervous system state drives us to do. Yes. When you are in that state, it's like, oh, get an answer. That's probably sometimes when patients are reaching out or calling you yeah. in that panic mode, like there has to be a supplement for this, Dr. Cole, help me. <laughs> right. It That right there is a signal that they're in that state looking for a solution. So yeah. when you're in that state, you, you can't be, you can't really ra- think your way through it or rationalize through it. So this intervention is something, it's a physiological sigh. It's a really quick practice that just helps you take the edge off mm. that we can take this down. So what you're going to do is you are going to take a breath in, in two parts. So you'll breathe in slowly like you did. And then you're going to take a quick second breath. Like you're topping off the tank. Now you're going to slowly exhale for about six counts. So you did that. So you're going to do it again. Inhale slowly, top it off. And then this time open your mouth and exhale. Yeah. And then one more time, breathe in. It's going to top it off and exhale. And this is something that's actually regulating CO2 because you have these little sacs in your lungs that when you take that second inhalation, it actually puffs them up and they're able to release more CO2. And there's interplay here between oxygen and CO2 levels that's activate stress hormones in the body. So yeah. you're doing a real, you're doing a real chemical. Yeah. Nervous system support. Yeah. Did you feel any difference just uh, from that? Yes. I could feel my nervous system calming down. Yeah. Automatically. And I'm not going through major problems here, but I'm running a podcast right now. So I'm thinking <laughs> a million things. So it's <laughs> low grade stress. And, and yeah. Yeah. So that's- Chill, all, Automatically, I would assume if you measure my blood pressure, blood sugar- cortisol levels would all be improved just in those few moments. Yeah. So we're opening the window there. And then if you were someone that was having a symptom and I'm going to bounce it over to Andrea, like if I'm having a reaction and I'm upset as a patient, what may be something that they are saying to you that is happening or like, what are, what, if they're concerned, what are they saying? So a a big thing that I see a lot of times with patients, there's two aspects of this when they're actually in a flare it's extreme emotional response. So yeah. there's a lot of anxiety. There's what a lot that of sound like, like if they're saying something, what are they saying? They're saying, I'm fearful. I'm scared. This is upsetting. I feel like I've been set back. There's this, mm-hmm. this general sense that they feel out of control, I yep. think is really what they're saying is that like, I want this to be better. I'm doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Why am I not better yet? Ooh, anything else? Yeah. Then there's people on the opposite spectrum who they may not be in a flare, but there there are a lot of thoughts of rumination. There's a lot of what if I'm afraid I can't bring this back in, even if you're telling them they can. They they feel like it'll come back. So you can't even get them to have the food freedom because they're too afraid of food. So there's the fear and then there's the anxiety or the top things that we're seeing. And those are the types of thoughts. Because those people have improved, but they're sort of like, they don't want to pivot. Exactly. Because they don't want to ever go back to that. Well, and this is the example of hardwiring. This is the rabbit trail in action. And so once you're able to get out of that state, so, so what I did with you, Dr. Cole, is a quick, let's bring it down a little bit. What I would then recommend as a daily practice is to start to capture some of these automatic thoughts. In CBT world, we're calling these automatic thoughts, but Andrea just listed a a whole list of examples. I'm scared. I feel like I've been set back. Who is that an automatic thought that they probably think, so many times a day and just aren't even conscious of it. And then what does being set back mean to you? Another one, you said, I want this to be better. Well, that's just a thought that every time you think that you're going to activate the chemicals that are Mm -hmm. of sadness, all kinds of things. And it's different for each person. I'm out of control. Once you're able to capture these, when you bring down your arousal, you can start to look at these more objectively. And as I was listening to you to speak about all the interventions that you can do for this and the nuance mm-hmm. of how many, like, it's almost like you guys have a control panel and you're able to be like, okay, bring down the avocado, bring up this supplement, <laughs> let's get in the liposomal. And it, But it's so varied, right? Yeah. What I heard was hope. But my, I have gotten to the point in my mental health journey that I could be open to what you guys are saying and see it as hopeful as opposed to overwhelming. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. So that's the mental health process that we're working in real time with patients. And this is just a taste of like beginning to work with thoughts from there. You know, there's all sorts of practices. Feeling good by Burns is a CBT Bible. So if this is something that you're listening to and this really resonates with you, this is a great place to just learn more about this process and the actual 
actual fundamentals of CBT and then maybe seek out a practitioner. Curable app is another thing that I yes. love so much and it's heavy on education. And I don't, you know, I don't know if Andrea wants to share anything I can. else. Yeah. <laughs> and we integrate this into patient protocols as yes. well. Yes, absolutely. So a curable app is actually something I've been doing too. I mean, this year it'll be 13 years that I've worked with Dr. Cole and I have tried every diet, every supplement, every fasting protocol, everything you can think of physiologically that you can do one from a clinical perspective so that we have insight for patients, but also personal. And I did start the curable app, which is why Candace had mentioned that. And <laughs> it is something that I Present moment awareness is something that escapes me a lot when you're in the thralls of working all day long. So this is something I've been actively working on, and it is very heavy on the education and then also implementing of the tolls. So I do agree with you that these are great things that you mentioned, everything from the DNRS to the curable app. This is how we're helping patients. We're not saying that what you're experiencing isn't real. It very much is, and there are physiological things going on. But we want to help you, as Candace said, because I love that capturing your thoughts while this is happening so that we can layer in that additional anxiety calming support while the body is healing. Yeah, absolutely. So show up with these physiological tools within your toolbox, show up with these psychological tools within your toolbox and being consistent with both mm-hmm. and honoring both. And yeah, and I we have patients when we meet them where they they've done one side of the coin more than the other yeah. and we help balance those out. And there's some people that haven't done really anything with either sides of those coins. That's okay, we're there too. Yes. as well. So, if you learn nothing else, it's probably rabbit holes or rabbit trails, but <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, or I'm vice versa. I mean, <laughs> I just googled it. It seems like you're right. Rabbit trails is the pervasive one, but rabbit hole. Rap, did I say that right? You Ra- said that, no backwards. Rabbit, okay, holes. rabbit hole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> rabbit holes. We're having a rabbit hole about a rabbit hole. We yes. are. That's exactly. Oh, this, is a, this is a real that's neurological come, stronghold for you. This, this is, is the, breaking it in real time. Yeah. It's hard. Where did you automatically went back to rabbit trails? Because so I say many times. I say it a lot, and then every time I'm like I'm saying well, it wrong. But it, okay. this is really meta right now because it's a rabbit hole within a, it came, about a rabbit hole. It came full circle. Yeah. It did. Which I always love. Yes. But a rabbit trail is still a thing. I Googled it. It must be true. I didn't even see you Google it. You're amazing. (laughs) Want to validate themselves in saying the wrong thing. That's true. We can substantiate anything we want at the click of a button. Look, see? I saw someone type those two words together on Google. What? (laughs) All right, guys. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, the telehealth center, all the thing modalities that we integrate into patients' lives, like we talked about, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. Head on over to consultation, become a patient page. And we are going to, I didn't say this yet, but you know, at the end of every one of these episodes, we have an intimate, personal conversation with one of our patients. So I'll kick it over to one of our patients right now. Samantha, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, my day job is not podcasting. It's talking to lovely people like you around the world via our telehealth center. So it's always interesting when we do these segments where I know somebody and have been part of their health journey. And then it's like, okay, I have my podcast hat on. It's a little different. Thanks so much for taking the time out. And maybe we could start, before we started recording, you mentioned to me being a private person. And I take that sanctity and sacred responsibility of being a part of somebody's health journey very seriously and keep it very HIPAA compliant normally and ask a very personal question. If you want to share your story, because the whole team is just, you're always at at the topic of in the patient conversations because you're just doing amazing things for your health. But I know many of our patients, they just, they don't want to share, right? And that's a personal decision, but you, while normally very private, wanted to share your story. Why is that? Well, I think that if my story can help other people that it it needs to get out and needs to be heard and as hard as sharing can be, uh, and it is for me, like you noted, I'm private, I'm an introvert. I kind of keep more to myself. I feel that this is so important. And if it can help other people, then it it needs to be shared. And I want to talk about it because I feel good. Uh, and, yeah. uh, it, it, I think sharing also helps. We talk a lot about mental health and healing the past and, and talking is 
is healing. So um, absolutely best foot forward to make that happen on all fronts. I love it. It's true. I mean, I see it and that's why we do these segments because I've seen over the past 12 plus years at this point, people want to see the other side of impossible. They want to see the insurmountable achieved and what that looks like from real people. And I mean, we know even from science side of things, research points to the fact that telling stories and hearing positive journeys of other people can actually metabolize trauma can actually be healing in and of itself just to hear positive stories. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why we do these segments. So when we first met, can you take us back to that, what you were going through, what your life looked like and what made you reach out and maybe how you heard about what I do in the first place? Absolutely. So I, I shared with you that weight has always been a struggle since I was a young girl. Back then I was active. I was an athlete. So even though, you know, I, I always tended to veer over, um, be heavier than I was because I was active. I was young. I was healthy. Everything was okay. But if you fast forward, you know, towards my adult life, uh, it really took a turn for the worse after my father passed away in 1999. And that I, I took especially hard and, and I gained 60 pounds, 70 pounds, maybe a little more at that time after his death. I had depression and anxiety and horrible panic attacks. It was just not well in, in any in, in any area of my life. Uh, and tried, you know, a diet here, a diet there, but I didn't have any health issues. You know, it was really just the, the weight. Um, so I would lose 25, 30 pounds and then I'd gain it back. And it was this continual yo-yo. Had three kids, still didn't have health issues, got to COVID. And then I started to develop issues with, um, well, I, I should take a step back. I had basic health issues. I had heartburn. I had irritable bowel, but those didn't seem like big, scary things to me. I didn't have a lot of energy. I didn't feel great, but I just kind of thought that was normal. That's how you feel. Then COVID and I started getting patches on my scalp. I'd itch them and I'm like, what is this? You know, I didn't know what was going on. Tried to be a researcher on Google, as most of us are. Thought, oh, is this psoriasis? I went to my dermatologist. He thought it was psoriasis. And I learned that's an autoimmune issue. And then a few months later, I started having severe blood pressure issues. So the psoriasis, which I knew was serious, that will never go away uh, entirely, and high blood pressure, you know, these are big problems. And the cardiologist put me on blood pressure medication to control the blood pressure to bring it down to normal range. And I was fine with that at the time. But then the psoriasis got worse. It spread. I, I, was, I was not getting better. And I was really at a place where I thought, okay, I'm, I'm 45. I am very overweight. I have no energy. I have an autoimmune issue. I've got high blood pressure. I have a bottle of Tums on my nightstand that I have to take sometimes in the middle of the night just to sleep. This cannot be how I'm going to spend the rest of my life and what could be next. So I was really scared. So when I, I talking to my sister-in-law, actually, she said to me, you know, and I, I had asthma too. I, I forgot the asthma. So I had asthma as well on inhalers, on Singular to try to keep that under control. My sister-in-law says to me, all these issues, they're related. Your body, something's going on in your body that's now causing all this. And that conversation with her really sparked something in me because I really thought like, well, the only way I can think of to lose weight now is maybe weight loss surgery. I have tried every diet on the planet. You name it, I tried it. And I, I was kind of at rock bottom. So I've researched different functional health doctors. I found a few um, I read about um, Seamus Mullen, the chef who worked with Frank Littman and changed his the scope of his life and his health. So I was I was really feeling enthusiastic that this was an avenue that would help me. And I've I've researched. I found Dr. Hyman out of uh, Lenox, Massachusetts, and they said, "Well, maybe he could see you in 2023." And I thought, "I I can't wait till 2023. This is this is urgent." So I did more research and I, I found you and I just felt led to, to you and to Cole Natural Health. I looked on your website. I read, I bought your book, 
the autoimmune spectrum. And, I, and once I read that, I'm like, uh, a light went on. Like, this is exactly what's wrong with me. So I've reached out and your, your clinic, all of your team is just amazing. And they, you know, brought me right into the fold and, and we got hooked up and that my, I remember the first day I started was May 13th. So that was, that was my, you know, kickoff day. I love it. That was your, your wellness birthday. That was my wellness <laughs> birthday. Exactly. I love it. We'll celebrate it when it, when the year turns around the, so I don't know if you know this or not. I didn't know that's you look at found Seamus and Dr. Lippman and Mark and uh, Seamus and I hosted a podcast together called Goop Fellas. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, it, no. yeah, he, he's a good friend of mine and and uh, that's a small world, small world. Anyway, so let's talk about the, the consultation that we first had when we met. I always wonder, like, this is what I do 10, 11 hours a day for the past 12 years. It's very normal for me. And I think the pandemic made it more normal for people to realize that they could do things online and it was telehealth was less of a weird thing for 12 years. Uh, it's just, that's all I've been doing. I've been in this room for the past decade. So was it weird for you? Have you, had you done telehealth before? <laughs> what, what, what was your perspective on that? No, I hadn't done telehealth before. Most of my doctors are local or in New York city. So it's not, you know, a, a challenge to, to really schedule that. But what I love about doing telehealth is as a, as a working mom, it's much more convenient to me. You know, I can easily carve out a half an hour, an hour out of my day and make that a priority where I don't have to leave the office, make sure the kids are taken care of. You know, it, it's just much more convenient. And the it, it's not even just the, the visits we have scheduled on, on Zoom or, or FaceTime, but even like today, I emailed in my food log. And I have weekly dialogues with your team on my food logs, what's going on, what I'm doing. And it, they're just, they're so um, accessible all the time and responsive. So to me, this really works well. And I I would recommend it to anyone and have. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you have. Thank you so much for sending the people that you love to us to help them as well. So I'm always curious as well. Okay. So we had the consultation, we ran labs. What was, and only share what you're comfortable with. Like what was the labs illuminating? Was it, were you surprised by anything? I mean, what was your takeaway when we went over the labs? I think the, the beauty of the labs really is just the comprehensiveness of it. I mean, sure, I've had basic, you know, my glucose tests, you get your cholesterol when you go for a physical, but the deep dive, and for someone like me, especially, I love those details and I love to know the how they interconnect with everything. So, but I've never thought about it before. And that's what, you know, as, as an educated, you know, woman who likes to think of herself as pretty savvy, you know, it never dawned on me that, oh, my iodine is low. I'm deficient in iodine. And what can that relate to? Well, the iodine is really important for your thyroid, which I've learned now. So if your iodine is low, that means you could have thyroid issues or other things in your system aren't working. Vitamin D, which you're the expert, you tell me, but I know is a pretty important um, vitamin for all of us. I'm deficient in that. So I think even though I loved seeing all the labs and how they all work, knowing how, um, you know, certain nutritional deficiencies uh, and mold, there were some surprises in mine too, that I had no clue. So there were, there were those aha moments. And I also opted in to do the 23andMe, although later in, in the stage, I was a little reluctant, but then knowing having a little bit more of an education on it, I thought that could really be a missing link for me to know, um, you know, what I'm genetically predisposed to, what I'm not, and how I can impact that now with my health, making the right choices. So I, I love the lab piece, <laughs> really. I, I love that. I love just how you said that. And I'm glad it's a job well done on like from me and my team, just hearing you being able to, be empowered by this information and be encouraged by it. Cause you, I, I'm always saying to, pe to people when we go, when I go over labs with people is you have to know what you're dealing with to do something about it. So this isn't to put fear any, any, into anybody. This isn't to like look for problems. It's just, Hey, you already know you don't feel well. So if anything, this is very validating to somebody that's struggling and I, there would be a problem if 
you, if I had some patient that's going through real problems and the labs came back quote unquote normal, at that point, we're not interpreting labs properly or we're not running the right labs or both. So for you to feel not, not discouraged or freaking out about it, but just being, let's do something about it. Like, these are things you can optimize and support and, and heal from. So that's great. But then we lean into the protocol and I know for some people, I mean, I'm just being real in with, with people. It's, we're talking about big things, big things that didn't take overnight to get to where they're at now. And we implement protocols, advanced protocols sometimes. Was it overwhelming? What did that look like? And maybe just, just how was it integrated in your life? Was it harder than you thought it was going to be or easier? I started to feel good very early on. I suspect that it was stabilizing my insulin and glucose levels that really, you know, by cutting out the processed food, the refined sugars and flours that made me more stable. And so I started to feel good. I noticed changes with my energy, with my sleep, little changes at first, but they gradually, you know, then I felt like I wanted to exercise more. And then I felt like, well, I'm not starving. I'm not hangry after lunch. I don't feel like taking a nap in the mid afternoon. I'm like, wow, these are some just big changes in my, my normal life. Not even really my health per se, just quality of life things. So once that started to take root and I'm like, I can do this, this isn't that bad. You know, I'd, I'd figure it out. I'd add in my healthy oils and, and my meat, which I, I love meats and proteins. So it worked well. And then I started introducing vegetables and so on and so forth. So it was daunting at first, but once I got into it and started to see the effects of the weight loss, obviously the weight loss has always been a goal, but feeling healthy, being healthy and feeling good were my primary objectives. I have three kids. I want to be around a long time. So, um, you know, even though the weight loss is great, I've lost almost 50 pounds. Uh, it's still just that feeling good, sleeping, having the energy, wanting to do more, uh, where it doesn't feel like a sacrifice, even on my birthday when they had cake for me. And I'm like, Oh no, you know, I'm sorry. I don't want to have cake. Everyone felt bad for me. I'm like, don't feel bad. I am super thrilled with my zucchini and bone broth, avocado <laughs> and tenderloin steak. It's great. So they laughed, but you don't want it as much uh, when you feel good. You know, the power of food is medicine and it, it can transform you really. I love that. And I think that's the paradigm shift. And it, look, we have some patients that choose to have the cake and we either, okay, let's take that and use that as a mindfulness practice and see if it loved you back and if it was worth it. And maybe it was, maybe it was the social connection and you, you had, you know, had the cake and no big deal, then move on. Shame is worse yes. than any food, but, or you could have it as a mindfulness practice, have the cake and realize, nah, I didn't love me back. And I love feeling great more than I thought I wanted that. But like yourself is another path of saying, nah, I, it's like a bad trade-off and you already intuitively know it's a bad trade-off. And that's that food piece that I want people to have for themselves where it's not this restrictive, arduous, punitive thing. You can eat whatever you like. You just have your eye on the why of why you're doing this in the first place. And you can make that mindful, conscious decision about everything in your life, whether it be food or any other decision. Um, that's so funny, the zucchini. <laughs> hey, you're living your best life now. It tastes really good. And, you know, I know, yes, I know I can have cake. I can have ice cream. I can have any of that, but I had that for years and it didn't make me feel good. It made me sick and led me down a bad road where I was using bad foods to try to heal and they don't do it. Yeah. Good foods can heal. And, and yeah. that to me is, is worth <laughs> everything. Yeah. It's that powerful. And you mentioned throughout the conversation, you, you're a mom of three kids. You're a working mom of three kids. What do you say to the person that's out there that thinks, well, wellness is just for the person that's not busy. They're, they're, they just have to be in the kitchen all day and be Martha Stewart to be healthy. You're very busy. You're, you have a lot on your plate, proverbially speaking. Um, what do you say to that busy person out there, mom, parent, busy uh, professional out there that wants to, that feels like it's, they have to be retired to take action on their health. I'd say nothing's more important than your health. And if you, um, it, once you start getting into a routine with these healthy habits and carving the time out, 
it, it just becomes second nature. So it, it's totally doable. And, it, you know, for me, it was a matter of, okay, am I going to go sit on the couch after I clean up dinner or am I going to prepare for the next day? I mix up my glutalamine with all my, you know, little dropper full of goodness that you've given me. <laughs> so I have it in the fridge the next day, the next morning, because I know in the morning I won't have time. I'm rushed. So I, I make it, you know, part of my process to do the night before always. And it's little changes like that in different areas that, that have just really worked for me. Uh, and, and I've made it a priority and, and my family has too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Being, having a support system, I'm sure is helpful, right? I mean, getting, what was your family think about the changes that you made? They're proud of me. I mean, I have young kids, so I want to be a role model for them and, and help them with their health and, and help them, you know, make the choices that'll, that'll lead them to a lifetime of wellness. So they don't have to suffer, you know, the way I did. I, I said to them the other day, you know, I'm 46 and I'm feel like in this aspect, I'm just figuring things out. And I want you to have the benefit of, of my learning and, and my pain and those sorts of things that led me to this place. Because if it weren't for those things, I, I wouldn't be here now. So even though they were hard, I'm, I'm still thankful to have gone through it. And I want to be an example to them. You know, there's no easy fix. It, it takes commitment on all fronts. But just to be the best example I can be as a mom is, is what I try to do every day. Well, I mean, your words, I mean, the seeing the light that that's, I mean, it was always there when I met you, I remember seeing a bright light, but it's only gotten brighter. I think as the things that were keeping you back are starting to remove, be removed and you can shine so much brighter. Do you see that for yourself? Cause I can see it at least from the outside. You know, when you feel a certain way for so long, you accept that as the norm. So I didn't realize what feeling good could be. I, I think I'd forgotten. And just all these things falling into place for me, it 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 does. You, you you feel transformed. I feel enlightened, you know, awakened that all those things. And uh when your body feels good, your mind is healing, though all those things uh really make a difference in your relationships. And it's so important. So yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful. So thankful. I feel blessed. Yeah. It's truly been a blessing to be a part of your health journey. Thank you so much for taking the time in being on the podcast. I am just so pleased. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.